It's Tom Kradza. How you doing? And on this episode of the Your Life, Your Term show, we bring on Dan Thiessen. And Dan is a great guy. We've known him for a long time now. He, together with his wife, run Radix Performance here in Oakville. On this episode of the Your Life, Your Term show, we're talking boxing, kickboxing, jujitsu, concussions, the 12-week challenge, body fat percentages, personal records on different fitness goals and how you set up your goals, base metabolic rates, calories. Nick comes on at the very end of this podcast to give us some trouble. Um, and by trouble, I mean have some fun on the episode uh, with us. So uh, we talk about all things, just catching up with a good friend of ours, Dan Thiessen, about all things fitness and life. Um, and if you are listening to this and you're trying to get some information around the real estate market and try to figure out what's going on, on our YouTube channel, we have been dropping different updates of what we're seeing on the real estate market. We just put one out recently. You can check out the YouTube videos that we do at youtube.com forward slash rockstar inner circle. So if you want to pick up some market updates, that's where we've been dropping some of them. You can go to www.youtube.com. Like I'm, I'm spelling out YouTube, like not everyone knows where to, how to get to YouTube, but anyway, youtube.com forward slash rockstar inner circle or within YouTube. If you just search up rockstar inner circle, I'm sure we'll pop up there and you can check out the videos. That's it for now. Let's get on with the show. Are you ready to live life on your terms? Is it time to take charge? Real estate, business building, the economy, health and nutrition, and more. It's the Your Life, Your Term Show with Tom and Nick Carazza. Are you ready? Let's go. We are live with Dan Thiessen. That is the way I say your last name, right? That is, yeah. It's a silent H. I don't know. Every time I say it, I'm like, am I saying it right? Yeah. Uh, Dan, this is good. Nick's not here, so we can talk about how weak he is yeah, and how strong you are. <laughs> and then I can favorite. just throw in. Now, for the record, though, I did text your brother. I don't oh, know if you got I my did. text message. I did. Didn't I text you back? No. Yeah, yeah. I'm just joking. Oh, okay. I know you texted me back, but uh, so, pull the mic. Pull the mic. Oh, is even. Yeah, yeah. There we go. So he he called me, eh? Because well, hold on, you, I hold think on, you guys are on iPhones. Yeah. And so I think when you guys text, everybody in the group gets it, but I'm not an iPhone. So when I text, it's like individually texting you guys back. So he thought he offended me and he was trying to call me last night. And then he's like, oh, but you didn't even see the message because it breaks up the, well, I just get it. I get them everybody's message, but I get it individually, not as a group. So yeah, because uh, you are not on the iPhone, you're not part not of part of the iPhone, iPhone gang. No, yeah. I'm not. I have a Samsung and it's like so beat up right now, but um yeah so he called me because he's like he's like you didn't answer the text are you mad I'm well like, let me just no. explain so let me just explain why this might be the case yeah, yeah. so if you're listening to this um during the whole beginning of COVID, i just completely stopped doing anything and uh after we came out of this started training again with dan at radix and dan's been training us up again and i was starting to get a little bit stronger but dan also you've kind of probably for maybe is it the first time you were you weren't training either no no, yeah, I, I trained at the beginning of COVID. I trained because I had everything at home. Um, but then when I started working with my brother, I stopped training. Well, like it, I was doing not real training. Yeah, just yeah, like you feel good training. You stop, yeah, you yeah, stop training. And then, yeah. uh, but, but then I, you know, I've been training again a little bit and I finally got up to a deadlift yesterday over 300 pounds and I haven't in a long time, which yeah. is like, it sounds kind of, to me now, that sounds like embarrassing. I'm like, holy crap, I just got over 300 pounds and I got, 
and uh, Dan, someone in the gym, I think it was Amanda, someone yelled over like, Tom, how much was that? Yeah, and I was Amanda like, did yeah, 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 I was like uh, 305. And I was kind of feeling, even though that's not super high, I was kind of feeling like, yeah, I'm over 300. <laughs> and then on the other side of the gym, all you hear is Dan going, oh, geez. You know? <laughs> and I'm like, and the reason Dan was saying that for the, for everyone listening is that Dan was at amount. Uh, I was at 315. You were 315. Yeah. But in my mind, that's a tie. Yeah. And if you don't know Dan, Dan is a big, strong dude. So for me to be deadlifting any anywhere close to him and yeah. I could only do that now when Dan is not trained up yeah. and you're just kind of getting back into stuff I th- thought it, I, I called it a tie so I sent yeah. a text message afterwards to Dan's brother who I know likes to give you a hard time sometimes time. and I said hey Nate you're not going to believe this. Mm. I, t- I, I deadlifted the same amount as your brother. Cause in my mind, it's a tie, even though it's not, you're still over me yeah. a little bit. And I was very grateful to be able to send such a text because in my life, those text messages are <laughs> what bring me happiness. Oh, and then he then, uh, text a few things back yeah. and he thought he insulted you. Oh yeah. He, he's typical Nate fashion. He's going to say something that he might regret later, but <laughs> he didn't though. I don't know what <laughs> no. the messages I got. He, I it think was just fun. Yeah. Yeah. It was, but he thought maybe I took it personally. Okay. Got yeah, it. So he, wow, called, so he was he calling really, me. So I see though your yeah. relationship in public, he'll attack you, but really he loves you as no, a real yeah, brother. For sure. Plus he knows that if it came down to it, I would knock him out. So. Yeah. Yeah. Which, which I feel like <laughs> you guys have. Yeah. After actually, after seeing you throw punches for the first time ever, because you do, who are you? No, you do boxing training at Radix. Yeah. Uh, I coached the uh, boxing there. Because you were boxing for a while. Yeah, uh, close to 10 years of uh, kickboxing, Muay Thai. I fought like three different styles of kickboxing. And then when my body got too beat up from that, then I started boxing after that. So like stand up. Were you uh, going into competitions for kickboxing? Yeah, yeah. That's where I got actually my last concussion where I quit afterwards was uh, in a training camp prepping for um, kickboxing nationals. And I was fighting something at the time called low kick. So low kick is like a combination of kickboxing and Muay Thai, uh, except for um, like traditional kickboxing, you can only kick above the waist. Low kick, you can kick anywhere. So you can kick the legs, you can kick to the head, but you can also clinch. Um, you can throw knees, but you can't throw elbows. So it was just a style that well, so I really low, So low kick is more dangerous? I, for yes. Some reason, for it some sounds reason, because you're saying yeah. low kick, but low kick just means that you can start low and you can go as high as you want, whereas... Uh, kickboxers and if you see traditional kickboxing they wear pants and they only kick above the waist not not below the thing is like yeah above the waist you can do tons of damage and knockouts and everything so like kickboxing is dangerous but if you've ever been kicked in the leg before it's really hard to fight after you've taken three four five Mm -hmm. kicks of the leg so you can stop a fight like uh, if you ever watch jose aldo and um oh my goodness the little wrestler dude it's like a famous There's a fight. lot of them. There's yeah. a lot of the little wrestler uh, dudes. But yeah. Uriah Faber. Oh, so, I don't think I ever watched that so one. Did he kick him repeatedly? Fight, he kicked his front leg repeatedly till Uriah. There was no way Uriah could even shoot to take him down anymore. And then he just beat him up. But afterwards, his legs were like twice the size, just pooled with blood and stuff like that. So, yeah, low kick is more dangerous. Kicks to the legs, you can damage people's knees. Um, I, I got kicked in the leg so hard one time that... I had blood pooling uh, hematoma underneath my quad. So then I ended up in the hospital for a night uh, while they were monitoring the blood coming out and I didn't get any blood clots and stuff like that. I remember going home after that fight and being, I told my brother. That was a training fight? No, that was a fight. That was a a real fight. And um, me and my brother lived together at the time and I went home and and 
the adrenaline started to wear down and everything. And I'm like, dude, something's wrong with me. Something's wrong with me. And then he's like, you're turning white. And then I started like, <laughs> that, doesn't help. that doesn't help. Yeah, something's wrong with me. Yeah. yeah. You're looking like shit. Yeah. You're starting to look like shit. Yeah. So I turned white, he said, and then I was like starting to pass out. So he took me to the hospital, but it was the, the blood pooling in my leg. The, like they had to get the swelling out and everything like that. So they had to monitor me for a while. That was horrible. I was wondering, like, I was not checking the kicks properly. So, so <laughs> I was, I was a good technical, uh, stand-up fighter but sometimes in a fight i would take unnecessary damage to do stuff that i wanted to do because you so, thought you were strong enough to be able to take the damage and just walk through well, it. i would no <laughs> not exactly <laughs> that's in my mind that's what it sounds like you were doing so i when somebody throws a, a leg kick your number one offensive counter after that is throwing uh, if you're a right-handed fighter throwing across your right-handed punch like right down the middle as they're throwing it so I would time it. If they would throw a lot of right kicks, I would check some. But then I would time as the kick was coming around. I throw the I would throw the punch right down. You're the throwing middle. a right cross. I'm throwing a right cross because typically what happens when they throw that punch and they turn over is they'll drop their hand to get more power. When they throw the it. kick. When they throw the kick. Okay, got so it. So I would time the kick coming in with my cross coming through, and then if I land in that punch, they're going down. So like sometimes I would just take a kick so I could try to knock somebody. And out in fights, like have that. you managed to do that? Knock somebody. Oh, I've knocked people. Really? Like yeah, I. I seeing you throw punches and yeah. just the other day, just practicing. And I know you haven't thrown punches in a long time. It's like eight years. Dude, that, cause yeah. like, you you know how to twist your body to get like, you know, yeah. it's all from the legs. It's not like it's the karate punches. No. That I, you know, those kata no. punch, you know, no. when you're going yeah, to karate class like, and you're those little kata. 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 Yeah, yeah. Yeah. If you arm punch, you'll never hurt somebody. And you also get your arms really tired. You have to punch from the legs. Everything I drive through every punch through my leg, through my hip and it turns through. And then the power comes from that motion. And, well, you can you saw you can hear you can hear it, it. you it know like goes that through the person goes you, through the mid i told you if that punch hit me i would be knocked out with a concussion with yeah. one punch like <laughs> yeah. and, and you know what i think it was tyler also he was at the gym and he, i don't think he had seen you box before no, and he was whispering no. over to me he's like damn i've never seen dan throw yeah, punches before he'll never be late again yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> so you were uh and you were who, who was there that was just like a box a random box uh, yeah so those are guys that i used to train with um and fight with back in the day so like about eight years ago so uh, Mo is there. Mo's a professional boxer uh, with only one loss on his record. Uh, Kareem was there, and Kareem's a professional boxer. He's been training out of uh, California at Wildcard Gym. So if you know Manny Pacquiao, um, so the same gym that Manny Pacquiao trains out of with Freddie Roach, that's where Kareem's been training out of California. Was that the guy when I came outside and I said, if either one of yes. you punch me, you could knock me out? He's, uh, oh, he's so the, you guys, you guys really are that. Thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just kind of like, yeah. you know what I thought I was doing there? Just building up some confidence. Yeah. I didn't yeah. realize the guy's actually no. a lethal weapon. Yeah. So, um, he's undefeated pro fighter and, um, I'm pretty sure every one of his fights so far has ended in knockouts. And they're like nasty knockouts. He's he's really good. Cream's very talented. And then Sean and that's straight boxing. He's not doing kickboxing. No, he he fought like I think he fought one kickboxing tournament, and then this is like probably a decade ago now. And then he turned boxing from there, and he's just been boxing ever since. He's long southpaw, lots of power, but very technically good. So he's tough. He's tough to fight. Like sparring with him was always like I had to be on my game, otherwise I was gonna take something I didn't want so he's to take. a Canadian guy but he was tra he was training, training down in the there. US yeah so he's back now because of COVID um, so those guys are just trying to get a training session and that's why you're all hanging yeah, out. yeah and I haven't talked to him in a while and I was like hey guys I want to hit pads and then they got super excited so Mo 
brought me some gloves from one of his fights and they treated it. it they, they, it was nice. They did it for me. I'm happy oh, that's they cool. did it. Yeah. And now they're messaging me like, are we doing it again next Tuesday? Um, so but maybe it will be a regular thing. You think it will be? Yeah. Once a week awesome. just awesome. to keep, because otherwise I'll, if I don't, if I wait, like I was so sore. So I need it to be so I can throw punches and not be sore. So I think once a week is like. So minimum. even with all the CrossFit stuff over the years, I know, you know, through COVID you haven't been, but you think you're still using muscles that you typically don't oh, 100%. use. 100%. So CrossFit is very linear. Like if you squat, deadlift, pull up, everything's yeah, in a linear down, fashion. Yeah. Boxing's all rotational. So every punch I throw, I'm twisting through my core. So every muscle like around my um, Your core, abdomen, my obliques, my upper back, my lats, uh, my forearms are trash because of the, you, you like kind of every see, you punch seem like you're you, sitting in pain right now. Yeah. yeah. Every <laughs> punch you throw, you have to extend through like, if I'm showing Tom, obviously I can't show you guys, but you twist your punch through to get the most out of it. And then you retract. So my forearms were destroyed. For I never like understood that. Days. Why is it the twist at the, I, that's just full extension. If, if, yeah. If I, if I do this, then I'm not creating the amount of power I can do by finishing my punch off. Right so there. turning your knuckle there at the yeah, last bit. So that's, if you ever need to punch Nick, then you make sure you twist right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it would have to be a hit and run. <laughs> yeah. If I ever had to punch Nick, it's hit and run, hit and run just hit, from the side. Bam. Hit and run. Oh boom. Yeah, just, yeah, yeah. just make sure you turn it over. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Good. But when you knock those guys out in fights, like, yeah. The feeling I get, like, I mean, I don't know if there's like two feelings. Like, you must have a feeling of elation because you just, your goal was to win the fight. Mm-hmm. And then you win the fight with a knockout, which is obviously huge. So, a big adrenaline rush, you won the fight. But then also, like, I mean, you just knock somebody out. Yeah. Like, I guess in that moment, you're not thinking about that. Is it after? There's, a, there's a moment of definitely euphoria. Because um, then there's the a same. certain amount of respect that you guys both got in there. Yeah. And, did and that. then after you realize, you know, depending if he's up or if he's still out. Um, then you get a little concerned because I like I, I'm not an angry person. Uh, I don't get angry. I, I did it because I love the the art of fighting and I love the um, the testing of myself and the competition of it against somebody who's just equally as trained. So how well did that you know how well am I versed in whatever martial art I was fighting in versus him? That's all the reason I did it. It was never out of anger. I never wanted to hurt anybody, but. It's just part of the sport, you know, and, and I've had multiple ribs broken, you know, I've been concussed multiple times. So like I've taken my side of the abuse, you know what I mean? The concussion stuff, because I've had, you know, a couple now and Mm -hmm. yeah, that that, those just bother me. And I seem to recover fairly slowly from those things. Have you ever been um, concussed and out for a little while? Yeah, 2012. That, That was the one I quit after. Okay, because that one you were blacked out for a bit. Yeah. How long do you think? Um. Oh, I was out for four or five months. Oh no, sorry. When you okay, oh, when so, I got hit, yeah, yeah. So I was what they call um, out on your feet. So like I wasn't knocked on the ground, but I was like still you weren't there conscious, but not conscious. Like I was still on my feet. I could see. I didn't know what was going on. Um, you're a tough dude. Yeah. So you are you are very valuable in a zombie apocalypse. Because yeah. You're just not yeah, going to go take down. A shot you're just not walking down. Yeah. yeah. I'm pretty sure somebody said I smiled. But that was one thing that was told us in the fight. Like, there's so many mental things that happen in the fight. But if you get hit really hard, you smile. Because then the guy's like, oh, I hit him with my best shot. And he's like, kind of like, he's happy. Like, he's okay. <laughs> but inside, you're like, like, I would smile inside. I'm like, I'm effed. Like, I don't know what's going on. Like, I, I've had, I've got hit with the overhand right and had a whole, the whole side of my body go completely numb. Leg, arm, face couldn't feel that side of my body and you just smile and you, you keep moving forward or you either that or throw in the 
the towel. Like it's not, as soon as like shark smelling blood, if they see you're hurt, you're done. Cause they're going to come. So you pretend like you're not. So that's why in the UFC, when I see some guys get hit, they smile yeah, after and smile. say, bring it, bring yeah, it. That's right? really it just a show. It, for Unless some guys um, have huge heads and big mm-hmm. noggins that don't. But for me, it was typically what happened when I'm like, I'm like in trouble. I'm like, I'm not feeling. And then normal. why did you take, uh, so you were out four or five months with concussion yeah. symptoms? Yeah, yeah. It sucks. It eh? was bad. Like yeah. I remember going, I went home that night and I'm, I was hungry and um, I went to get an apple out of the drawer in the bottom of the fridge and I fell into the fridge and I was laying there looking up at the ceiling and the ceiling was just spinning. And I'm like, I'm, I'm after. And then I knew, and I'm, I'm like, I'm done. I can't do this. I'm too old now. Uh, and I wasn't even old, but I was like, it's yeah. either that or I'm like, Eight what am I going to do? What were you? You were 27? I was, or yeah, 20. 26, 27. Yeah. So I was like, I can't do this. Not if I want to live my life normally, you know, um, and yeah, I've seen the other side of that. Like, there's some boxers on the Canadian pro circuit who, they the guy, there's guys who are like in their uh, early 30s who are slurring words and no, yeah, oh yeah, take and still taking fights. They're like they call them journeymen, and they built up a name at one point in their life so they can. You get an up and coming kid who's like looking to show who they are. They'll put him in against them, and typically they. They had so many knockouts. If you hit them hard enough, they're going down. But the name is big enough to help these up and comers bring themselves up and bring their records up and stuff. Every like industry has its dark side, man. Yeah, it's Every. super scary. Like I, I, I don't want to mention any names, but uh, Mo and I were talking about it on Tuesday, and there's one particular guy who's still in it, and it's he scary to be. watch. He shouldn't be, and his somebody, his family, his uh, coach, yeah, somebody should take care of him because. It's just not worth it. Uh, if you're 33 years old and you're slurring words and, and you're not able to think properly, then you should not be getting in a ring and getting hit. But I, would, I, I could always tell, too, when I would be in a camp and the closer I got to camp and the uh, sorry, the closer I got to fight and the more um, sparring I would do, some days I'd be home like looking for words, like trying to talk to my brother. And he's like, dude, just like spit it out. But you you just started getting knocked around a little bit and things are getting, you know, you're cutting weight, you're overtraining, you're doing all these things and you're getting hit at the same time. You're, you start to just lose focus of general conversation and stuff like that. It's, it's, it can be scary. There's a I, I experienced a little side. bit of, of that after that car accident that I was in. I, I can't even remember the year. I don't know if it was like 2009, 2010 where a truck hit me. The guy was like in a dually. It was a coffee truck, but with a dually oh, wheels yeah, on the yeah. back. So it was yeah. one of the bigger coffee trucks. Yep. Fell asleep at the wheel. I was parked behind an 18-wheeler that had a huge flammable sign on the back. Like massive. You know those 18-wheelers yep. that are clearly fill, full of some liquid that's flammable, but this one's super flammable, I guess. So they have the big, big fat Letting warning. You know, like, Let, yeah. And I was parked uh, there. It was like a BMW 3 Series, 323 or something like that. I'm sitting in it. And I look in my rearview mirror and I saw the Ford symbol and it took up my whole rearview mirror. Oh, That's how close it was. Yeah. And I knew it was over. And I let, I guess the cop says that he thinks I must have turned the wheel a little bit because the guy hit me so hard. I blacked out. So I didn't see what happened next. Um, the, I guess the airbag, the, the collision was too tough and it just blocked me out hitting the airbag or something mm-hmm. that I scraped. The side of the BMW was ripped open from scraping the side of the 18 wheeler. So I missed it. I went across two lanes so, uh, so hard that when I hit the car in the left turn lane, two lanes over from where I was, 
it hit a car. It rear-ended oh, a car. Goodness. And the next thing, I was out for a few seconds because the next thing I, the only thing I remember next was a, a somebody knocking on the window saying, hey, are you okay? Are you okay? And I kind of woke up. And the reflecting back on it, so first of all, those concussion symptoms lasted for several months. Mm-hmm. And I did go through a couple of weeks where it was difficult to speak. Mm-hmm. Like I could speak, but it was just like the words weren't flowing. Yeah. It's like I had them in my mind, but my mouth wouldn't operate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was like it was like they were there, but it's like my mouth wasn't moving. It's was the weirdest you. thing. Yeah. yeah, it was so. I remember at our old office, uh, you know, when we started Rockstar, we were in Burlington, and I got so frustrated because we were too, supposed to go to a team event in uh, Niagara on the Lake. It was a like a wine tasting thing, and I was trying to go and I was pushing myself. Mm-hmm. Because even though that wasn't that long ago, there wasn't that much concussion guidance. No, like, well, and, same with me. I, I did all mine kind of on my own. Like yeah, working you have with to, doctors, you have to figure, you it to figure it out. Like I'm not, I know I'm not normal. Doctors just tell you, you're gonna, yeah. Don't the, look at your screen. I don't stay know if bright light. I think I, I think I've told you this. The doctor, I checked. So first of all, that day that I was supposed to go to that that wine tasting thing, I got so frustrated. I kicked my laptop bag, and I usually don't get that frustrated. Mm-hmm. Nick's like, man, just go home. And I knew I had to go home. Um, and no one really helped me out. I, I went in uh, to a walk-in clinic here in Oakville. That was my family doctor actually at the time too. And uh, the guy, I told him what happened. He said, I think you have diabetes. I think I told you this before. And he goes, I think it's you have diabetes. Diagnosis. I'm like, no, no, I had a big, like I like two days ago or three days ago, whatever it was, I got into a massive car accident. Goodness. I never went to the hospital. Yeah. I just came home and I think I have a concussion. And he goes, nah, I think you have diabetes. And he checked my blood work, took a week for, so I had to wait a week. I went back for the results. He's like, no, you don't have diabetes. And I'm like, okay, yeah. I kind of knew I don't, didn't have yeah. diabetes, but I'm like literally bumping into the wall in your office as I walk down the hallway. I think I have some kind of concussion symptoms. And he sent me for a CT scan. That took like another week. The CT scan comes back. He sits me down for the results and he goes, um, Tom, so we got the results back and I, I need to tell you something. You have a brain tumor. And uh, I'm like, and he goes, that's all I can. And then he said, that's all I can tell you because I'm not a, you know, you have to go see a specialist now. So I went home. Tears were coming out of my eyes. I'm driving home. I'm calling Carol. I'm like, Carol, I have a brain tumor. Yeah. And Carol was like, you know, like she's kind of, she, she handled it really well and stayed calm, but um, it took me weeks to get an MRI. So the whole time I'm not telling anybody at Rockstar what's, what's happening. Yeah. Nick's like, I don't know what to do. Like none of us know what to do. Like, is this something serious? Like what is happening? And, uh, I get an MRI. I call in a favor from a friend of mine whose father owned like owns like 30 MRI clinics around Toronto. He gets me in quick. Um, it it was still like, I waited like two weeks for before I made that call. And I finally was freaking out enough that I'm like, I have to try to figure out how to get one. Um, he called me, he read the, the, the thing himself. He goes, Tom, you know what? A technician at the hospital saw something that's not quite normal. We don't see every day, but it's totally fine. They marked it down as brain tumor to kind of like cover their butt just to make oh, sure wow. it was investigated. Yes. And your doctor probably should not have articulated it that way to you until we got to the next step. Yeah. So it's unfortunate you went through this, but you are 100% fine. I remember I was coming out of a Starbucks in my car. I pulled over at the side. I started crying at the side of the road. I'm yeah. getting a little emotional just thinking about yeah, it. Because yeah. I thought, I didn't know if like my life was over soon. Yeah. Like it's the weirdest thing. Yeah. You know? Um, anyway, going back to the concussion um, the concussion stuff. I'm glad you stopped, dude. Yeah. You know, for you to keep going to do that stuff. Like it, I'm sure that you love the the whole boxing and the kickboxing stuff. Yeah, yeah. But the I, downside's too, too, too much. Yeah. I started, well, I, during that time, I also... I did a lot of uh, nogi jujitsu, so I was competing in jujitsu tournaments as well. So 
um, I still didn't like, I was kind of burnt out from it all anyways. So I took a long time off, but then more recently I started doing some gi jujitsu again. I did a bunch of tournaments again. Just, yeah, you don't I forgot get that you were doing that again. Yeah. 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 And so you love the jujitsu too. Yeah. yeah. I like, I, I like the idea of fighting. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why. Yeah. But it, I like he, the idea. You and Nick get along really well. Yeah. Like he doesn't do any of the jujitsu stuff, yeah, but he, he should. He, he, yeah. he should. <laughs> Just oh, for uh, some emotional release. Yeah, exactly. He, he gets it from his CrossFit workouts. Yeah. I heard him and Tyler are working out in the mornings together. Yeah, they work out together, which is good. It's like a, I think they're actually a good fit for each other because Tyler opposites. is very. They're opposites. Yeah, yeah. Tyler is not going to try and like beat nick for the sake no. of beating nick and or, nick and, will or, respect that a lot yeah and not talk a lot, bunch of crap or cheat or yeah. do anything that would make nick want to kill him so people cheat in workouts then <laughs> oh yeah 100%. no don't no there's like uh there's like notorious cheaters in our gym one that, cool. uh, can be like that. one freaky thing when i got blacked out in that car accident i don't know if i've ever told you this but i heard myself scream i had a straight up out of body experience where i blacked out but I have a memory of hearing myself scream from mm. the point of view that I wasn't in my body. Oh yeah. Like I, I, I was out of my body uh-huh. hearing myself scream. It's, I don't know how to explain it more yeah. than that. Like yeah. I know it was like the center of my being yeah. was like up here to the right. Yeah. And I was kind of like, it wasn't really looking down. It was almost a feeling, yeah. but that I was removed from, from my body, body yeah. hearing my body as a separate entity scream. Mm. How ridiculous is that? That's crazy. Yeah. It was crazy, man. It freaked me out for a long time. I didn't even talk about it for years. It yeah, freaked me out that bad. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But now I just look back and laugh and go, oh, yeah. I guess that was pretty close. <laughs> almost almost bit the big one. Well, yeah. they told, well, they told me at one point that they thought I had leukemia or lymphoma. Because of some concussion stuff? No, from blood work. For, oh, I, I had to get that. blood yeah. work for fight. And then the results came. My white and red blood cell counts were like way off. So then... They didn't want to scare me. They didn't, I don't think, they didn't do like, you have leukemia. They're like, there's a possibility you could have one of these things and we need to test you. Um, and then, so they did a bone marrow uh, extraction out of my hip and it was fine. So, um, but that that is a scary feeling when you're like, I could have cancer, like blood cancer. I'm like, tw- I was like 23 years old. Like how would I have blood cancer at 23 years old? And I'm like, I eat well and I'm, I do all the things, you know, stay in shape, i but Life's so fragile, man. Yeah. You can do all the things. Yeah, exactly. And you know what? You get by a bus. I mean, yeah, yeah life yeah. is just fragile. And, yeah. and I think now at 47, turning 48 uh, in January, I feel like I'm finally understanding that, wow, like I never, I, I tried to live in the moment before, but yeah. now I understand the importance of enjoying everything around me Yeah, uh, in the moment. Mm-hmm. And uh, life's short. It's like you, crazy. you hear that so much, but I yeah. feel like I'm finally starting to understand how short it is. Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 I don't know. I'm, I feel like I'm young, but I have those feelings too often where I, like, I'm like, man, I need to like just take a step back and see it from a different angle. Otherwise it's so easy to get caught up and oh. just grinding away every single day, you know, or like move just like you accomplish one thing and you automatically just move on to the next thing. And it's like, unless you're chasing something then you don't still feel satisfied but then when you look back you're like you didn't enjoy the process you were just looking for the outcome and if you miss the process then you miss so much along and the now way. i understand the process is every like if we right? go to the 12 i know we're going to talk about a 12 week challenge mm-hmm. but if we go to the 12 week challenge that i did with you mm-hmm. um i guess it's like three years i don't know it feels like a long time probably ago three years three years that was the first oh, yeah 2017 smokes. was the first one november yeah so like coming up on three years 
like accomplishing that workout that made you made me do. I just I'm just gonna let everyone know what Dan made me do, just for the record here. Yeah. Dan's like I'm like Dan, let's do this 12 week challenge, and and Mike did it as well. Yeah. And Mike's definitely more fit than me. He can handle way more stuff. But uh, but I think you had said you gave us the same workout. You thought I could do this, yeah. which is very kind of you because you probably thought, wow, like this guy should be able to do this. <laughs> but then when you saw me perform, you're probably like, wow, I really oh I really probably we, gave this guy too much. We, but we you trained you trained me up and. Uh, I can't run. I, you know, I do all these things, but you know, followed your program. I cannot believe what I was able to do, but it was 30 clean and jerks at 130. So the whole thing was within 45 minutes. Here's what you have to do. 30 clean and jerks at 135 pounds. For those of you who don't know what a clean and, and, and jerk is, it's like basically lifting a barbell with uh, 45 pounds on each side of this barbell yep. up to your shoulders, let's say, yep. and then you press it over your head. Yep. You do 30 of those to start. Yep. So after this, I'm already beat. Yep. Then you run a mile. And anyone who knows me, like running is like, I just hate it. But then you run a mile, then you climb a rope. I forget how many feet. 15 feet. 15 feet, yeah. 10 times. Yeah. That already, that almost destroyed me. Then That you, almost killed you. That almost like killed me. You almost me. died. I, I almost was died. super scared. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. I'm like looking, I'm like looking. Because you were scared like, I was going to fall from the yeah, top. Yeah, I thought right? you were going <laughs> to fall. I'm like, his forearms aren't working You know what? The, I, was, I was scared I was going to fall too. But I, in my mind, I'm like. I got it. There's no, like, I have to, I have to do it. Well, I, know, I have to do it. When I saw the look on your face and everything, I was like, okay, <laughs> I just need to give him the confidence that he could finish this. So I just started to time your reps. Like, take this amount of rest. Then we'll you do saved another, me. Yeah. I would have failed <laughs> if you didn't coach me in that moment to take longer breaks yeah. there. I would have not been able because my. But the it, whole time, as a coach, I was freaking out inside. I'm like, "Don't show him you're freaking out." But inside, I'm like, "He's gonna die. He's gonna die in yeah, my gym." Yeah. I remember <laughs> the the crazy part is I remember it was slow motion. I remember looking up at you and you were talking to Rachel. I'm like, "Oh no, I'm gonna." And I, all I was thinking is I'm gonna let them down. Yeah. And then I looked over and I think Mike was doing the workout so well. He took a washroom break. Yeah. He's yeah. in the washroom before yeah. he goes out for the second mile run. Yeah. He's taking a washroom break. I think he took a sip of water. <laughs> yeah, was, and I'm like, he's, we're not he worried about this 45 minute time cap at all. Yeah. He goes out for his second run. And uh, I'm still trying to get through these. The last three, my forearms went. But anyway, I, I remember slipping down on one of them and like getting like burnt, my hands burnt or whatever. Mm. And then I remember going for the second mile run. And my forearms are so bur burnt out, my arms wouldn't move. <laughs> so like I had, they were literally, if you think about running with, with your hands just hanging by your yeah, side. Yeah. And then at one point, a couple of days later, I told Nick that I could barely run that second mile. And he's like, what are you, what's wrong with you? All you do is you, you, you swing your body. So your arm hits your, your, your chest. And then when it hits your chest, you grab your t-shirt <laughs> and then you grab it and that keeps your hand up. And then you do, you swing your body the other way and the other arm will smack your chest. And then as it smacks your chest, you grab your t-shirt and now your hands are up. You hold your t-shirt and you run. You That's run. the, and I'm like, why do you even know this? Yeah. Uh, but, but, uh, but when there. he explained it, I'm like, yeah, yeah that would have actually been better. Yeah. But uh, anyway, so I got through the second mile run. And then I don't know how many minutes I had left to do the burpees, but to this day, I did 30 burpees out of the 100 burpees to end this workout yeah. faster than I I did the first 30 unbroken. Yeah. And I'm not like a big burpee guy, yeah. but I did them unbroken. I got through the next 70 and I think I came in like, I don't know, 40 seconds or a minute, 20, something under the 45 minute time cap. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I felt amazing. But getting back to the process, mm -hmm. it was that 12 week journey. Yeah. Of what you had us doing, what like I was accomplishing, hitting certain um, um, time 
on running one mile. I remember you had us doing the assault bike for a hundred calories and managing to do that at a certain time interval. And then it was doing um, just clean and jerks at certain weights Mm -hmm. and then setting kind of new personal, uh, you know, just a personal best on some of that stuff. And doing all that just gives you so much confidence that the journey in everything in life like if I reflect back, the workout at the end was amazing and it was definitely a highlight for sure. Yeah. But the process to get there was so good. Yeah, that's and that's what the, the process is what builds character, what builds, you know, perseverance inside to make that day happen. Right. I, I, I tell everybody this. I think what you've helped me achieve, you know, at the gym as, as a you know a coach and a trainer and everything Radix does, it's given me confidence in other areas of life. Because I know if I'm up against something, it's probably not going to be as bad as Dan having me do a hundred box jumps and then running two miles or something. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. and, and the fact that I could get through that, whatever I'm facing, I don't know. It's it's weird how it translates. It like, 100% it doesn't translates. seem like it should translate, but it, does. but it totally does. Yeah, and combat arts was like that for me because, like, I went in there as a teenage kid, and can you, you can imagine a, a teenage kid who I had kind of finished playing rep sports and I was in this limbo stage. I didn't know what I wanted to do. And I was hanging out with friends a lot. So, you know, a lot like really late nights sleeping kind of all day. And I'd kind of lost a passion to, to play anything or do anything like that. And then going into combat arts and just kind of falling in love with that process there. This is combat arts in Mississauga, in Mississauga right? Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, I fell in love with the process of being there and learning how to fight and it built so much character along the way. And then when you learn how to cut weight and, and you can, you know, refuse going out with your friends, you can refuse drinks, you can refuse food to get to a goal. Then you start to realize that when you really put your mind towards something that you really want and you're willing to sacrifice all these things around it to get there, then amazing things happen when you get there. And then when I started winning tournaments and fights and stuff like that, I saw what the outcome was of all the hard work I put in. But then when I wanted to open my own business and start my own gym, those same characteristics that just, it applies directly, right? Because you can get... Like just opening my gym was a process of getting oh, the crap kicked. Remember out that of me. First, well, remember that first <laughs> lease you signed? Yeah, exactly. Can you share right? a bit of that story? Yeah, so I signed a lease, <laughs> oh, not actually not too far from the Nick. Rockstar I didn't know here. you. Well, I think I had met you by this time, but Nick called me saying Dan signed this lease, and I'm yeah. like, oh no. So I, yeah, I, I wanted to open my own gym, and that was been my had been my dream for like five years up to that point. I had saved a bunch of money, um, so I found a spot. It was the right amount of square feet. It was a good price, all that stuff. So the Real estate agent said that the zoning was good for a sports facility, da da da. So I signed off. We started to do um, a build out, put in the change rooms, all that kind oh, of stuff. Oh, I didn't know that. You started yeah, spending spent, money on it. I had spent um, close to $50,000 oh. at that point. So then um, we went to pull, pull a building permit to finish off the rest of what we needed to do there. And then when we went to pull the permit, uh, the town said that. I had to pay a building development fee because what was happening in Oakville at the time was certain buildings were being, the bylaws were being changed and certain buildings weren't in the same zoning anymore. So whatever the new zoning was wouldn't allow for us to have a sports facility there. Um, So we had to pay a building development fee to be able to run a sports facility. So I was like, okay. And in my mind, like, okay, like what is, you know, it's like a a permit, a couple grand grand or something, you know, you pay it and you go on. They wanted one hundred and fifty thousand dollars. <laughs> I can't. I I will never forget that moment in my life because I was like, 
I'm screwed. Like, I, I hope my landlord will pay this. Like, I can't afford to pay this, you know. And then, obviously, my landlord didn't want to do anything to help me. Um, so then we were stuck for, like, two months in limbo trying to fight it at the town, which obviously gets you absolutely nowhere. Um, trying to get the landlord to do something about it, not getting anywhere. So and you lost a lot of money in this. Eventually, I just had to Walked shut it. it all up, and then my landlord uh, was threatening to sue me, and I oh. told her to go so for this it. So this is the I start. Have nothing left for yeah. you to sue me for. Yeah, all my money is <laughs> in the build out of in your the building. building. There, yeah. yeah, got it. Uh, so that was that was tough. That was like one of those kind of defining moments in my life because I had a long term girlfriend at that point. She dumped me and moved to California in the middle of that right in the middle yeah, of that tough. yeah it was Jeez. like one of those things where you're like what the Jeez. what did I do to everybody yeah, to deserve but look this? but look now Radix <laughs> has been open for yeah. for years now yeah. at this point Rad- you met work- Rachel yeah you have your son son yeah yeah so it's life has turned around is a lot better but yeah we're having we'll have our five-year anniversary in September yeah has gym. it been five years, five years yeah. wow yeah so it's amazing how far life can come but yeah, I, you know, those those are the type of things that if you really don't want it, then you'd probably give up on it, you know? Like, at that point, you'd probably just count your losses and go do something else. Yeah, yeah. I remember when you opened, but then I wasn't going to Radix at that time, and I think it was Mike who started working out. I think he hired you as a personal trainer Yeah, I did first. personal training with Mike first, yeah. Yeah, and I forget why he even hired you. as Because I think before he was going to, like, a more regular kind of... Oh, he was going to, like, the, that Lifetime Fitness, yeah. uh, kind of like a regular big box type yeah, gym. Yeah. I don't know what got him there. I don't know. I guess maybe Nick suggested you or something. Yeah, it must have been. Was he getting Nick bored with regular workouts? He, yeah, well, he was just doing bicep curls. And that's yeah, not, that's yeah, not yeah. Good for anybody. <laughs> yeah, just, yeah, that's why Mike can't fit. That's why Mike doesn't have shirts to fit him. Yeah, it's those arms. Yeah. <laughs> those arms. So yeah, 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 yeah. I think we converted him pretty easily. He, you know what? He, um, he has he has a certain madness about him that's just he's just going to keep doing what he wants to do yeah, right yeah. we've uh and you know a whole bunch of the other members of the rockstar team um ended up at radix and are at radix yeah. and uh some rockstar members are at radix yes. a whole bunch of people have done the 12 week challenge now with you because you've run yeah. the 12 week challenge at radix i feel like several times so yeah. why tw- what's the whole idea with like a something so the, a 12 week challenge is 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 what's the idea behind doing a 12 week challenge so the first the first one was um the whole idea was that the first one was in november 2017 and um my uh, Rach, my wife was pregnant at the time, and then all all these guys in the gym were kind of glorifying dad bod, and I'm, I'm it started to <laughs> they really were making fun me. of you. No, they were making fun of themselves. Oh, were, so oh, like, I was gonna say I thought they were saying you're going to become a dad oh, and get a dad bod. No, so that what they were doing was like kind of being like yeah i got this belly and i you know i drink beer and everything but they come to the gym to try to stay fit a little bit but they were glorifying their body shape and it was starting to bug me to be honest with you i'm like well, I, don't I don't think i knew like that guys. i didn't know that <laughs> yeah. okay so i was like that's it i'm gonna do a challenge um and i'm gonna i'm gonna be in the best shape of my life for when i become a dad and that was november 2017 so i set a goal for strength goal a conditioning goal and a um, a body composition goal, and I had these three goals. What were then, did you? What were they? Yeah, so I had to PR my snatch, and then I had to beat my Fran time, and then I had to do that with a body fat percentage under eight percent. So that those were the three things that kind of had to combine in twelve weeks for me 
to consider myself in under eight percent because during my 12 week challenge i got to under 10 percent body fat with you yeah. and i just know that's in now i have a new appreciation because yeah. getting under 10 percent body fat is correct to me it's tough it's tough yeah and but for you to go under eight yeah because i've been there i was just trying to make it like if i just said under 10 I was kind of already almost under 10. Like uh, at that time, I was probably like nine and a half. So it had to be something where I was like getting like really lean without it um, yeah, affecting, affecting perf performance. Because yeah, yeah. there's a certain point where, uh, and everybody's different genetically, but there's a certain point where you can become leaner, but it's at the, you're going to compromise something, whether it's your strength, your endurance, how you feel on a daily basis. So I noticed for me, once I got, I was like, really I think lean. you got me to like nine point like eight or 9.9. .9. Like I was just barely under 10, but I noticed on some of the workouts, I just wasn't, not that I recover great anyway, Nobody but uh, yeah, yeah, it was just, it was, I was starting to just drag. I'm like, Oh man, I feel kind of tired. And like, and that's, that's the kind of the sacrifice. Everybody's got a different set point. So I typically walk around around nine. So that's an okay set point for me. But then when I get to seven, I can only, I start to, two to three weeks max. And then I'm like, not a happy person. You feel, yeah, I anxious. Feel, and yeah, like it's I need to eat more. It's like, it's too long to be, for me to be in that body fat percentage range. But I, I have, I have friends who are just genetically a lot leaner and they sit in set at seven, even six happily just. Yeah. And I guess people who are doing a lot of running and a lot of bike, I guess. Yeah, it's, it depends. Right. Yeah. yeah. yeah but ge genetically, but for most people, if you're under 10%, you're very lean at that point anyways. Mm -hmm. Um, so I just wanted to prove that, I, that I wasn't just going after the performance. It was also about, you know, being as lean as I could and still performing. At you were, I remember seeing you do at the end of the 12 week challenge. And I think 12 weeks is just for my limited knowledge of the physical body. 12 weeks is enough time to get some adaptation. Like, it, you know, oh, I time. felt different at the end of that 12 weeks, three months of like uh, dedicated focused training on certain goals. Cause you had us on the way. diet. You gave yeah. us the meal plan. Yeah. And the fit, the like the 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 workouts to do, and uh, those two to get combined together, and you yeah you so nutrition coaching all of it together. Mm -hmm. Actually, you were doing daily inspiration. You were doing yeah, everything. Yeah, daily, there's daily emails on the twelve week challenge. Yeah, you yeah. were doing everything, and then for for yours when you did the Fran, uh, mm -hmm. no, you I remember you did did you did you hit what you wanted on your snatch? I forget. I PR'd my snatch. I didn't how, how much did you do on your snatch? Uh, 280 pounds. 280 pounds. So yeah, if you're listening so. to this, you don't want to snatch is, um, you can explain yeah, it. Yeah, right? you basically, you take the bar from the ground and you throw it over your head in one shot and then you stand it up. Yeah, so a 280, <laughs> you said 280 pounds? 280, yeah. 280 pounds. Yeah, for perspective, um, at 135 pounds, I feel like it's heavy when I do that. <laughs> I think, I, but yeah, my average, shoulders, yeah. like I feel like I just can't get into the right position. And even at 135 pounds, because the I guess it's the shoulder mobility, mobility. my ankle, like my just body, yeah. I feel like that's heavy. So to do 280 pounds is just beyond me. Yeah, that's no, like, I, I, I mean I can't even imagine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't mean I'm capable. No, no, I mean I, I can't even imagine. Yeah, it's like uh, it's for a guy my size. It's something you would snatch on a national level for weightlifting. So it's like it's a high lift. Yeah, so you good. you you hit that, and then Fran, can you explain what Fran? Yes, yeah, because so right after you did it, you yeah, what you went and I did went, this workout. It took like five minutes, and then I did the Fran workout. Um, Fran is um, twenty-one reps of. Uh, thrusters, which is a you take a barbell and you squat into a press. You do that 21 times with 95 pounds, and then you do 21 pull-ups, 
and you do 15 thrusters, 15 pull-ups, nine thrusters, nine pull-ups. And it, it seems very simple and it, it doesn't seem so bad, but when you can do it really fast and go really hard, it's one of the most horrible feelings afterwards you'll ever feel. And it's somewhere in the round of nine where you're just like, it hurts so bad and you just have to finish it. And then you just lay there and your forearms don't work for a good, you know, 30, or if you're Tom, you sit in the gym for oh two my God, hours. Yeah. So Nick just walked in here, Nick, <laughs> no, to this day, every once in a while, I'll, I'll tell, I'll, I'll ask Dan, has anyone recovered worse than me? Because no, I trust like when I came in there and you said, Tom, you're going to do this thing called Fran. And you're going to do your it. birthday. Yeah, it was my yeah, birthday. So that's another thing do in CrossFit. It, you do it on your birthday. On your birthday. Yeah, yeah. And you're going to do it faster than you've ever done it before. And I remember it was you. And then Ruben, who does not know what he's doing, was there also like chirping me. And in the middle of the <laughs> last round of, of pull-ups, I couldn't even move. And I just remember you were saying, go, you yeah. can do it. And then Ruben was in my, like, I think he was literally in my face. Yeah. And he was saying, you do it for your children. <laughs> do it for your children. And he was like screaming at me. I was like, ah. And then I just grabbed the bar and I started yeah. trying to do more pull-ups. Yeah. And I remember passing out in your boxing ring there, yeah. like lying down. And then I just went to your lobby and I couldn't speak for like an hour. I literally couldn't speak the English language for like an hour. I but I was truly, so happy that I, I get that time. Though. Yeah. I yeah, was honestly, not, we won't bring up that story. Point, it's not like, a, a motivation. I'm going to call emergency. <laughs> you know, see, <laughs> I think you're on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Nick's on? Yeah. yeah oh, you're yeah. On, you're on, you're on, you're on. Oh, there, there we go. go. You're on. I was going to say it's Mike's birthday on Monday. Is it? Yeah, he's turning oh. 50. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that what it is? It's Monday. It's Monday, yeah. And uh, yeah, yeah. He's turning 50. Yeah, there you go. All right. Yeah, yeah. But he's had Did a... you talk about how skinny Dan is yet? How much strength <laughs> he's lost in the last No, we months? took a picture of him sitting here and his quads on this picture. So if you're listening to this it's podcast, the picture we look... look, look oh, at they the, look, look good? At, look at the picture. Look it's, at the picture. It's because the chair is pushing uh, my quad muscles up. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, that's good. It's like when you it's like when you fold your arms with your your hands flat underneath your biceps to push them out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, that's something I never really think about, but I can tell you guys think about about these things oh, yeah. yeah and we'll throw mike under the bus mike with those biceps of his he thinks about these kinds of oh, things 100%. too for sure yeah yeah <laughs> so uh nick we I, just, I know it's the tail end i don't know if you guys no 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 i had no. so much stuff to i, I bunch you, of we stuff actually kind of started way just talking about um kickboxing and concussions i talked about the car accident and yeah all this kind of different stuff tom, um, tom saw hit me hit pads yeah, 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 yeah. Scared. I've never seen Dan punch before. <laughs> how and can you punch with your shoulder? Is it okay? I, yeah, I, honestly, I didn't know. Well, how, how about a hook, though? Hook, yeah, too? Yeah, I was throwing hooks. I was throwing body and head hooks. And it, I, you know what? I had more pain in my right shoulder the next day than my left. Oh, really? Yeah, I was huh. super well, happy good. to be yeah, honest with you. I was scared. But no, I, it was totally fine. And especially after the episode I had two weeks ago where I thought I heard it bad again. But Oh, yeah, that was, was you got a bee sting. A, it was a sting that I was allergic to. See, what's nice now is Dan's actually getting real strength because there's like gym strength, which yeah. is... Which matters which is kind of cool and you can lift heavy stuff because doing landscaping but then when stuff. you're doing landscaping and yeah. or like road construction or those or construction yeah. and other things then you're getting like you're it's a whole different level of well just because it's i think dan type, was you know? saying how you know a crossfit's very linear yes. or if you're yeah. it's very linear when you're doing construction or you're doing landscaping you're using every and single yeah. little muscle in your body and just your hand like i, I oh a friend yeah your of mine grip was, was working road, road construction with a jackhammer oh, yeah. he wasn't like he didn't look like a big guy but he could literally crush your skull with one hand yeah. like it, it, his his grip was so <laughs> strong, right? You know how, um, so Nick, we were just, we mentioned you just working out with Tyler and stuff. You know how Nick works out in the morning? Yeah. 
Um, it seems like I've, uh, I haven't read a bunch of stuff lately, but I, I feel like I, I read a lot of stuff where it's like the optimal time to work out is like four o'clock in the afternoon for the average typical person, just like where testosterone levels are yeah. and just like your hormones and that kind of stuff. And I know everybody's unique and, and tons of people work out first thing in the morning. Mm-hmm. Is there any kind of concern about Nick work, you know, waking up and working out first thing in the morning every day? No, because so a lot of that's just like excessive it's so detail like, that's garbage. Like if I was, say I was uh, like Eddie Hall, I'm a world-class strongman, then I'm going to, uh, like that's your whole life, that's your job. Yeah. Then I'm okay, gonna so it's on your circadian rhythm that's, yeah. that's perfect for working but out. So the, when you're a schmuck like me, <laughs> yeah. it doesn't, yeah, 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 it doesn't yeah, matter. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, your body's so adaptable, right? So the more he does that, or now it's been probably over a decade or decades, his body's just used to it. He can I, do it with no problem. Yeah, and that's okay. what it was. He's adapted. Right? And, got and, it. and when yeah. it started, because I used to go after work when I was just like bodybuilding at Gold's Gym, and then when I got the first property that I flipped when I was early twenties or whatever, I I I had to go to the property to work after. So I, I forced myself to get up and start going before work, and then I just got into that. Actually, what happened was this is good because I was flipping the property. I had already booked a trip to uh, uh, Dominican. I think I was going to Punta Cana. Mm-hmm. So I have to make sure I'm working out before I go to the beach, right? So I, I, I booked the, uh, so I'm like, damn, I'm going in a few weeks. I have to make sure I'm going to the gym. Yeah. So I would get up early so I could get the workout in because I had to look like, you know, was like Rambo when I was going to, to Punta Cana. So that's otherwise, I don't think, I would have just stopped going for a while, yeah. you know? I have a Punta Cana story too. I So the first time I went there um, was after I timed it. So um, I caught weight. I did a jujitsu tournament at 170 pounds. Um, and then I went to Putacana for a week after that tournament was done. So I weighed in at that tournament at 170 and I came back from Putacana a week later at 203. Oh my God. <laughs> wow. 30 pounds. Well, well I mean, I guess what, what, what's how much of that is water that you gained back in like a day or two or whatever? Like probably 12 to yeah. 15. Of so it. then you, but then you and still then went wild. How many donuts did you eat? Dude, I, I ate nonstop. <laughs> like I, I remember one time during the middle of the day, Nobody wanted to go and eat, and I just went to the buffet by myself. I sat at the table by myself. I had a bunch of food, and I just just hung out. (laughs) You know what I find when you're on vacation, though, for a few weeks, and you start eating different desserts and stuff, you get so used to it that you just start craving it at that time of day, and you have to go eat that dessert. But like in the last couple of weeks, I've started just cleaning up my diet again, Mm -hmm. Um, and it's once you clean up the diet, it's just funny how it fades away again. It's like I don't want. It's not even that you don't crave. It's like you don't even you you don't want it like you don't it's it's amazing how the body works yeah and sugar to me is the all you know because my my daughter does she's baking constantly and if i just dip into have like you know because she wants me to have like one cookie out of that batch just to almost to support her and and during covid i was i was i was i said okay i'll start having i'll say hey there's rachel there's malachi is behind you too yeah 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 um they uh yeah yeah (laughs) Hey, just saw his dad. <laughs> um, I find that uh, when you have one, then it just the second one's so easy, oh, and the next dude. batch he makes. Then I'm like, well, I had two last. I'm gonna have three this time. Yeah, oh, you know. Yeah. So getting back in and cleaning my diet up, and so I'm happy to be back at Radix. Like mm-hmm. I'm just thrilled. I'm feeling better. I, I feel like I haven't weighed myself, but I feel like I've dropped a few pounds already, yep. and I just feel like just better again. Mm-hmm. You know, you just have that kind of little. You just feel a little bit stronger. It's 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 weird how that works. Just imagine though, like people go. Decade, years yeah. years without doing any kind of physical anything for have them. you had anyone go through the 12-week challenge that's been like that where they've been like decades and they come to you and say i'm going to do a 12-week challenge yeah. with you but it's a it's um 
when people are that gung ho, but with that little experience, it's like holding them back is the hardest part because it's so easy to get injured or to their body to not be able to adapt to the process. So it's, it, there's a little more manipulating of mind and, and also teaching because people have their own assumptions of uh, what it should be versus uh, what the reality of the situation is. So well, you can't lose 20 pounds in a week by, by like <laughs> no. working out Did once a day. Did you just say you're gaining 30 pounds yeah, in a week I or gained, was it? I gained 30 pounds in a week. No problem. But losing is a little bit different story. But yeah, people have uh, unrealistic expectations as well, which I have to deal with. Um, but I try to be as upfront as possible in the initial consultation and the group meetings of like what we're trying to accomplish because the weight on the scale the, isn't the be all end all of everything. And if people haven't worked out in their life or in like 20 years, there's also going to be a bit of muscle gain, which what every one pound of muscle holds on to three pounds of water. So for instance, if you lose four pounds of fat and you gain one pound of muscle on the scale, it, it equals out. And then, but then well, you're going to start to look different over time. Oh, yeah. for sure. And but feel people freak out. Yeah. And yeah. feel different. It's about how you feel. Yeah. And I think when you, if you, if you haven't done that in a while, you lose sight of how good you can feel. And it doesn't take a lot to be able to kind of be in touch with a little bit more in tune with your body. And, and then once you start feeling good again, then you know you feel like crap. And then it all of a sudden it becomes a conscious decision again. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Because you're like, wow, when I did that, I actually feel like crap. Here I felt good. And then if you want to feel like crap, then you make the decision. And, and, you. and you know, do you know what I mean? But sometimes you lose sight of that and you forget what that feeling is. I can see the difficult spot that Dan's going to be in because if someone's doing all this stuff and they're eating better and working out, but then their weight stays the same, everyone's out. trained to lose weight. Yeah. So it takes they some time for your, but, but your body composition will change. 100%. How long will it take for your body well, composition to change? You'll see composition changes in the first three weeks. Well, you got that okay. funky machine yeah. too. Yeah, it's so I have a body fat percentage machine and I paid big money for it because so it's very accurate. So I show people um, where the what loss and the gains come from, right? So it, if they come in, then their weight is equal, but their body fat percentage has dropped and their muscle mass has gone up. I can show them that. Uh, and that typically will like give them the same type of feeling of losing the weight, you know? So um it's, it's just about showing them that their hard work is going towards something, right? Uh, cool. Little guys. Dan's son, yeah, Dan's <laughs> son's looking at him through. He's like, why can't I come in and talk to my dad? Yeah. So what about, so when when is the next 12-week challenge? It's what coming up uh, September, the first Monday after um, the kids go back to school. And then I'm the process, the and everybody's set up differently, and you do remote 12-week challenges, right? Yeah, I've done remote ones that have worked out really well. As long as the person... Like, listen, I'll, I'll be on top of you. If it's remote, though, you have to get up and go to the gym. Like, I, I can't physically make that happen for you. But so. no, no, I thought there's something brilliant, though. If you started a service where you call people in the morning and yell at them. <laughs> no, dude, I think this is a big opportunity where you call in the morning, but live. That's what's going to make it so great. Yeah, yeah. And you just start yelling at the yeah. person in the morning to follow the program. I really think that would be a nice bonus. Well, I, I was hoping the emails would work sort of like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, maybe just add an, and include an audio attachment audio where you're just yelling. Yeah. So everybody gets a different meal plan still, every, oh no, wait, do you do meal plans in the 12-week yes, challenge? The, so the 12-week challenge, what happens was yeah, we'll meet and you'll do that body scan because I need to know kind of where you're at, where your BMR is, where your BMR is. So that rate at which, um, how many calories a day just to be alive. And then I'll, I need to know a whole bunch of stuff. So I give you a survey and I figure out how active you are, how often you're working out because I need, the biggest thing for weight loss 
when it comes down to it is calories in versus calories out. So I need to know how many calories a day that you're going to eat. From there, I build out either, depending on your lifestyle, three, four, or five meal day. Uh, and I split the macros to help you get towards your goal. So your macros so, are how much protein you eat, how much carbs you eat, how much fat you eat. And then if, for instance, I have people who come on the 12-week challenge who at the end of the challenge are going to run a marathon. Well, if they're working out and they're running all these miles, then I have to uh, adapt the uh, eating schedule to that. They'll typically need more carbs, so I have to put that okay, in. Okay, so versus lifting of, heavy weight is one yeah, of the goals at the end of 12-week exactly. challenge. Exactly. So, like, I have to do all that thinking on my end, put together the meal plan. But then the other side of uh, the meal plan is that people will get kind of bored if it's the same thing over uh, all the time. So every two weeks you'll get a new, new meal plan and I'll adjust it based on how your weight's changing, how you're looking, how you're feeling and give you new meals so it stays interesting. Oh man, that so oatmeal that you gave, I don't know, there's like that oatmeal that you put some protein powder in and then some yeah. strawberries on. Like that was like amazing. I remember when we when you put that into the meal plan, I was like, "Oh, this is like dessert." Yeah, so like over the years of like cutting weight so many times you find stuff that is not like super high calorie or super high fat or carbs depending on what you're looking to do, but still tastes good. So you you just start to figure that but stuff. But those out. days where you were low on carb it's and you made us do that, those are tough, man. I was I grumpy. Yeah. I was yeah, yeah. but uh it worked so but you said something about calories in calories out how come it feels like sometimes that i feel like i can eat high calorie stuff like butter i don't know or coconut oil and stuff and then that i feel i, I guess i feel like i'm eating more calories but i don't seem to gain weight but guess, i guess i'm not if i measured it i guess those calories are more satiating so yeah. i'm probably eating less i i, I have to measure that out for myself because yeah, i, I feel like sometimes it. i'm eating high dense uh, calorie dense foods. Yeah. I'm like, how come I'm not getting weight? But I guess, uh, it's it would, again, it would be like, you'd have to take that day, um, and figure out like just moving around, being alive, uh, doing your workout, how many calories you burn. And then you'd have to like, you'd have to track every single thing you ate, how much, and then we could figure out what's going on. So but uh, you're probably just, what's happening is you're probably hitting somewhere around where you should be. So your body's not going to gain weight. So someone like Nick, who's been working out and is carrying a, you know, a, a lot of muscle mass, he's yes. naturally burning more calories every day yes. with someone with less, less muscle mass. Yeah. So the more muscle you have, the higher your metabolic rate will be to feed the muscle just to keep it there. Dan gives me crap for not eating enough. Yeah. Got it. Okay. Because you think you should be eating more. I do. Okay. I think a and lot that's, of people And you're thinking that for performance. Performance um, and to feel good, to have energy... But yeah, you think most people should be eating more? A lot. Most people under eat, unless you're. If you're exercising obese. regularly, I yeah. think a lot of people they under eat, yeah. and they they don't get. The hardest person, honestly, to deal with on a twelve week challenge is some somebody who's been eating, and I'll put it in like quotations, healthy, but just under eating for a long time because I have to reverse that process. So, the the longer you eat in a deficit. Um, the slower your metabolism will become to keep your body alive. So you always have to remember that your body is, its only job is to keep you alive. So if something is off, then it's figuring out a way to, for you not to die. So if you're eating less than you're burning every day for a long period, like long, like three months, four months, five months, and you're never going on a refeed or hitting just the balance of in and out, then your body starts to think like, okay, something's wrong. I don't, I'm not getting enough. So when you're not getting enough, what it's going to do, it's going to slow your metabolism down so that it gives you a better chance of survival. Because if your metabolism is raised, that means you're going to be burning even more calories, which at the end of the day, 
is starvation, right? So it will slow your metabolism down. So if somebody's been on a diet, you know, or dieting for years, they're the hardest people to work with because you have to convince them to eat more to balance out so their metabolism can raise back up again and you need the metabolism burning hard so that you can start to burn fat again. But to convince somebody like that who's been doing it so hard for so long to eat more is like pulling nails. I was completely shocked when I was eating as much as you were saying to eat and not gaining weight and feeling good and the recoveries were good. Yeah. Like I was in shock Yeah, because you were, it was because at one point on the 12 week challenge, I think I was eating like steak in the morning or something. Yeah. I forget. Yeah. I think yeah. there, was there was like steak, steak and eggs. Steak and then like yeah. a, an hour later, some oatmeal with yeah. like, maybe it was, maybe I cheated and put it in the maple syrup. I can't remember no, if maple syrup. I put maple yeah, syrup. Yeah. Was it there? Yeah. yeah. Um, and then you will adjust the workouts to all of us. So you adjust the 12-week challenge workout to whatever the, like, goals. The, the goals are and somebody's capability. So yeah, you scaled it down for Tom to like walking, yeah. walking When someone like me walks meters. in and he say, sees, oh, this is a raw, natural athlete who's never had training before, he probably he probably goes home and tells Rachel, oh my God, like, you know what? Some days are just great days. I just had this guy walk in. He's a natural athlete and as, I get to train him. As part, of, a, as part of this podcast, we should put up a video of you running one of the laps around oh the gym. My God. Yeah, anyone who doesn't know me, just know that I'm completely joking yeah. and if you see me running outside of Radix it is not a pretty sight but I'm going to do it yeah. and I'll complain every day I will complain every day about Dan's programming and if there's running I'll double complain but I'll go and do the running that's what I noticed Dan knows I'll do it uh, whatever he programs I'm going to do it but I will complain about it and while I'm doing it yeah. but I will do it yeah, yeah, anyway, 100%. So how does someone, about, so if you're listening to, so what is it, if, if you want to join the 12 week challenge yep. for yourself, go to your web, what? Uh, yeah, just send me an email at connect at radixperformance.com. Connect at radixperformance.com. Yeah. So connect at radix, R-A-D-I-X, performance.com. And then, uh, we'll is that a new email address, dude? That's, uh, that's the don't email Dan, email Rach. Oh, okay. <laughs> that goes to Rachel. <laughs> connect. Got it. Yeah. Connect. I'm going to be as honest as possible. I've been working a little too hard lately, and sometimes I can be a little short. On and the website, for Radix, <laughs> the website for Radix is? Uh, just uh, RadixPerformance.com. RadixPerformance.com. And on Instagram, they can find you? Uh, Radix Gym. Radix Gym? Yeah. All one word. Yes. Radix at Radix Gym. R-A-D-I-X Gym. Yeah. And you can... You can DM me on there. It take a little longer to get back to these days, but yeah. if you do if the you, connect email, you will get a response a lot quicker. And, and if you see me or Nick, no, if you see Nick at the gym, if you're doing a 12 week cha challenge and you happen to be at Radix in the morning, let Nick do, do his workouts in peace. Yeah. But if you get, you see me, definitely you can talk you can to me and stuff, hi. but I might be in the middle of complaining about whatever Dan's doing, but yeah. I'm happy to be there. That's I'm what happy. I, what I noticed when I work out with you and Mike is I complain a lot more too. I'm like, what is happening? <laughs> Dra yeah. Dragging you down. No, you know, you are the average of the five people you hang around yeah, most. Unfortunately, seriously. no, seriously, the other day I felt bad because he's trying to push himself. Dan's trying to push himself, but he's training with me and Mike right now. And but it makes me feel really good at the same time. Does it? Okay, well, at least, uh, listen, I like to bring joy to people's lives. Yeah. However I need to do it, I'm happy. Just lapping somebody I, makes you feel good. Yeah, I walk, I walk in, I say, hey, Tyler. I'm like, Nick no, doesn't he, know I tied you in deadlift, eh? Yeah, did you tell him that? No. no. Oh, yeah, so we deadlift the same amount now. He deadlifted no, the other day, and Amanda's like, uh, Tom, what did you deadlift? And he's like, 305. And I'm like, 
You know what? Because he, he was deadlifting. He was deadlifting three fifteen. I'm like, oh, that to me, that's so a tie. Oh, that's yeah, like a yeah. rounding so here. He texts Nate and tells Nate that he deadlifted the same as me, and then Nate starts going. And off. Nate, like, Nate posted on different <laughs> groups. I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. Nate's response. One of Nate's responses. I've told all of my friends, all my family, everyone who needs to know knows that Dan. And and the thing is, um, I was happy that I was close to what Dan was doing, and Dan was sad. So I'm like, yeah, it's yeah. amazing in in one moment how somebody can be so happy, yeah. and at the same time, someone else so sad. I walk in, I see Tyler. I'm like, hey, uh, what are you? Doing? today he's like oh, maybe just today's workout I'm like oh I got something fun for us he's like oh okay what do you got and then we just basically now are just like cherry picking these workouts sometimes <laughs> and we're like not sure like like what what See, kind of he, what kind of damage can we do to our body because yeah. Tyler's always like always and I shouldn't be go. up for it because I need to like kind of maintain my body a little bit more than I do but Tyler's pretty much always up for it so 100%. it's so much fun I'm like Tyler why don't we do this he's like okay whoa that doesn't look good but yeah yeah let's <laughs> try it <laughs> and I'm like he great, is man, great Tyler's got it. as a trainer so Tyler is one of the trainers at Radix yes. and he's got the best personality for being he Attitude, welcomes yeah. everybody so positive oh, he's yeah, super fit himself but he's he encourages everyone at all different levels like yeah. the guy's the best Yo, he's he is the best 100 percent. and he weighs more than me now <laughs> yeah you call him out <laughs> on that too so I, I saw someone the other day uh, that was recently just back at the gym for one of the first times so they're like hey tyler like what happened around the <laughs> midsection though i just started laughing to myself he's like yeah i know i'm not back to where i was <laughs> yeah he uh well he lives in my basement so um, I think Uber Eats frequents our house a little too often. Right <laughs> He's getting a lot of Uber Eats points. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, 100%. Yeah. Got it. Dan, uh, thanks for this. Listen, if you're listening to this and you want to do the 12-week challenge at Radix or yes, remotely, or go right. to radixperformance.com or the email again one more time is... Yeah, yeah connect at radixperformance. Connect at radixperformance.com. Yeah. Dan, thank you so much. Thanks, Tom. Nick, thanks you too, right? <laughs> Hey everyone, Dan's obviously a great guy. Thanks for coming on and chatting. If you want to check out his 12-week challenge, reach out to him before they start. They're about to launch it, uh, the next round of it really soon. Um, and if you are listening to this and you want to check out some of the latest real estate videos that we are dropping, you can go to youtube.com forward slash rockstar inner circle. You can hit subscribe so you don't miss any of them. That's www.youtube.com forward slash rockstar inner circle. And you'll get the very latest YouTube videos that we're dropping about the real estate market. Actually, they're more than about the real estate market lately. They've been everything about how to buy gold and hard money and inflation and deflation and the whole bit. So you'll find it all there. That's it for now. Till next time, your life, your terms.